Hello. Kaylee is not feeling it today, so I will be bringing <laughs> 90% of the energy. So on behalf of her, I'll say the whole thing myself this time. Welcome back to This Is Not A History Lecture. Thank you for that intro, Kat. That was very well done. Thank you. Um, funny thing is, like most of today, I was in a good mood. And then I it was that time of the month, and I just have been crashing. That's fair. Like, yeah. Hey, after like, this, we can get food. all hit me at once. You can choose where we get food. Whatever craving you have, we shall fulfill. That's the thing. I have never, like, gotten a craving during my period. Really? Yeah. The first two days, I'm, like, craving really greasy and salty. And then for two days, I crave sweet. And then it's back to greasy and salty. See, I, like, never... I don't... I mean, I have, like, normal cravings. Like, everyone does. Like, I'm in the mood for blah, blah, blah. But I... Like, hormonal... Yeah. Like, I never... It's usually a mood thing for me, but once or twice I've been like, if I don't get salty French fries right now, oh, I will yeah. literally put my head through a wall. Like, what's the worst is when you really want one thing, but then you have to eat another thing, or and like they like, closed like ten minutes ago, yeah, and you're like, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was one day. It was not long after you'd introduced me to Wendy's. And I was like, for some reason, I wanted a Frosty so bad, knowing oh. that with lactose intolerance, it would kill me. Oh my god! But I was like. I'm going to do it. Damn and then I like got in my car things. and drove over there. And it was that week when they had lost the ability to make their. <laughs> that happened to me and like two days ago. It was like Frosty's not available, stuck on the thing. And I literally sat there in the drive-thru and cried. And lady in <laughs> the window was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm great. My like whole voice was like, no, it's totally fine. But I'm just like sitting sobbing. <laughs> sobbing. And she's like, okay. Okay, all right. Well, let me know if you need anything. That happened to me like two days ago. I didn't sit in the driveway and sob, but I was like really wanting a Frosty and I drive up and I'm like, hi, can I get a Frosty? That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Just a small Frosty. And he was like, oh, we're out of Frosties for the night. And I was like, <laughs> which is funny because it's like, I expect that from McDonald's, but not Wendy's. I know. <laughs> Although I mean, our town is the same one where was... the Starbucks like ran out of coffee that time. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's really just like a step up, honestly. So I went to Waterburger. It was not as good. And it was like a dollar more. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I was like, eating my Whataburger <laughs> I just want a Frosty. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. <sighs> so but hopefully we can find something that sounds good for you tonight. Because I have not eaten. I have not eaten either. Great. Great. Cool stuff. Yeah. It's really healthy meal yeah. practices we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Three meals a day, everybody. That's what they say. And ten gallons of water. Yeah, I got that. No, I was working. All the freaking. Or... Uh, I know it's COVID, but it's like they ha- have everything else open. Just open the freaking water fountains. I just want to be oh. able to refill my water bottle without having to walk all the way to the bag, which there's not time for. I wouldn't most feel days. safe with water fountains, but the bottle refill ones where it's like you hold it under the nozzle and it's like a zero contact thing. Yeah. Those I like. Oh yeah, like I don't. Okay, first of all, there should be one in there anyway. I guess because it's like a public facility. I don't know. That's yeah, weird. I don't know. But I like those. I just want an easily accessible water fountain. I feel like that's I like a workers' to get rights violation. I want everyone to get vaccinated so we can have our water fountains again. That's true. At this point, I'm not even going to say like. But right now, Kat, a more achievable goal is the water fountain. <laughs> but the water fountains would be open if everyone got vaccinated. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to... I'm going to place fault where it is due. I'm not blaming the water fountains. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm blaming just, the people. Yeah. I, I am just too. am specifically mad about the water fountains right now. <laughs> it's 
there. I see you were drawing when I walked in. I had this dream oh. the other day. <laughs> That's how you know it's going to be a work of art. No, <laughs> Whatever you're I, working on. I had a on. dream where one of the historic houses got converted into a little, like, antiques um, and, like, tea house sort of thing. And one of my coworkers has a name that's a great history pun. And so I'm mm-hmm. doodling out my vision of what we had turned the historic house into. What's and the, the little... history pun? Does it have to do with the house? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll of, chat but... about it later. Yeah. It's just a long story, but <laughs> I'm doodling it out for her so I can stick it on our little bulletin board above our desks. <laughs> that sounds very cute for you, Kat. Thank you. We still haven't been to that one that is out of the old historic house here. That's not a oh, part know. of the organization. I know. I've been, but it's also run by a pair of old people who just literally open it whenever they feel like Which it. Which is also iconic. It's like finding Which, like, okay, one of those yeah, shops do that. where it's like not only open from like 9 to like 12.30 and then from like 1.30 yeah. to 2.45 or something weird. <laughs> like what's happening? <laughs> no, like very much like they have posted hours, but... Every time you show up when they say they're open, especially with COVID, they're just not open. And I, you, it's like, it's literally like you just have to be lucky. Yeah. Um, but honestly, good for them. If yeah. I was old and owned an antique shop, that would probably be me too. Yeah. 100%. Um, but. Well, cool. Um, <sighs> there was something. Oh, you had a news interview. That's what I was going to yeah, ask you I, about. Yeah, I did. It was on Kat the news. Kat is on the news all the time. I am now. Um, she's very famous. I am. What can I say? She's yeah. TikTok famous. I'm. Local news famous. Yeah. I bet the people watching the news are like, Jesus Christ, this girl. Again. She won't leave me alone. She's on my she social media. And, she's... and I wonder if they find the podcast and they're like, oh my God, it's her. Ah, she's following me and then they're on tiktok and you see you <laughs> and then it's just you again <laughs> i just dominate their lives yeah kind of just like a multi-media like conglomerate I'm a sensation what can i say yeah i have the best of both worlds cue the hannah montana intro theme Wait, you like put a wig on and then all of a sudden you're on the news yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I, my hair's too long to put a wig on over it so i guess it's more of like a i throw on a green a wig screen cap. shirt green screen shirt just like pull off my like jacket and i have one of those green screen ones so i could be a meteorologist and like blend in with the background okay <laughs> you're pulling that directly from something that was said last night <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> i didn't even think about Put that but you're right in your mind i was more thinking about it because the girl that was interviewing us this morning originally studied to be a meteorologist and we were talking about oh. that meteorologist anyway. was yeah. she meteor than other people oh my god that was bad no, she wasn't because that she's was... just studying to be she wasn't actually a meteor she wasn't actually a meteor anyway maybe this is a sign that we should start already <laughs> we're just gonna give kaylee a sec to just chill i'm having a great time i'm glad for you i'm, I'm just making sure that you have your recuperation time that you need i just want to say one thing to all of our lovely listeners out there, mm-hmm. don't work for minimum wage at a children's museum. That's what I have to say. And this is also where we obligatorily, not obligatorily, happily and willfully 
talk about the fact that um, a lot of museum internships are unpaid, which forces a certain demographic to be unable to take those yep. internships, and therefore often yes, it comes yeah. with a lack of diversity within museums, and it is a systemic issue that needs to be remedied, and museums and nonprofits, no matter how much money they have, shouldn't be trying to force people to do work for what they're, like, should, shouldn't be... For free. Underpaying. Yes. Underpaying, Underpaying or, or for free. Yeah. That is quite literally labor threat theft. Mm-hmm. And we are looking directly at you, the Smithsonian Institute. Oh, damn. You should call them out. Actually, yeah. It's the big ones who can I'll get away with Smithsonian. it. Yeah. Well, because the, the name, they attach their name to it. Uh-huh. And people, it's so prestigious that people will, will take do them it. knowing that it, once it's on the resume, mm-hmm. it'll look good. Which mm-hmm. isn't fair because your work is still your work. You yep. need to be able to survive on the Absolutely. work you're doing. Absolutely. Which is why minimum wage needs a raise. I just, like, I, there's so many thoughts I have. I'm tired of needing to do every freaking job that none of the full-time staff member members want to do at the museum. Having to do all of them and being paid literally the lowest amount possible. Yeah. <laughs> doing the shit that no one else wants to do. Yeah. And I'm tired of being told by exhibits that we need to watch the freaking dinosaur. <laughs> I, yeah, I think there's just a point when, like, the systemic issue, uh, you start to, like, really, like, the systemic issues are issues for a reason. And they just yeah. need to be paid attention to because I know that's the case in every museum. Yeah. But, like, yeah. unpaid labor does force certain people out of the field and well like okay my thing is is they're expecting quality work as Mm -hmm. anyone does when they hire employees yes if you expect quality work don't pay like bare minimum you know what i mean yeah like if i'm not going to be providing the bare minimum you are not going to be providing the bare minimum oh i see what you're saying you know what i mean like well see i did work for minimum wage for a while and i was like in that mindset where it's like i am being paid so I'll put my best foot forward. But I did start to realize that, like, they're, like the minute you give your all, that becomes, like, yeah. the minimum expectation. I mean, and they just keep pushing you for more and more, not understanding yes. that this is the most I can offer you and you're already taking advantage yeah. of it. Don't get me wrong. I have worked. I literally, my only non-minimum wage job has been the, um, RGA. Yeah. Uh, only non-minimum wage job. So I've worked for minimum wage. However... I was young, younger than I am now, and uh, one, minimum wage wasn't, it was still really shitty, but it wasn't quite as yeah. inequitable as it is now. Yeah. Um, and two. You weren't a grad student back then. I wasn't a grad student, student paying my own rent, doing all that stuff. Back then, $300. I was like, oh my God. I'm I know you're like, oh, in the world. all my Christmas wow, presents. Wow, this is definitely worth it. Um, three, I did not have a full grasp on the exploitation of the worker. Yeah. That I do now. So, yeah, there's been several things in my life that have just been like, if I wasn't, I I am grateful for this experience. Don't get me wrong. It has been very interesting and very enlightening, especially the career I want to go into because I now have more time on the floor of a museum than most full-time staff members at museums. I'm willing to bet um, with all my cumulative hours Mm -hmm. working. Um, And so that gives me a real leg up, especially if I want to go into something like engagement. However, it still is really, it feels crappy being yeah. underappreciated. And that's how we're going to talk about that today because I'm talking about the Romans. So we're not going to be talking about minimum wage. Kat, what yeah. are you talking about? I forget. You're talking about those I'll ladies. Go first. So I'm I don't think they about... were paid minimum wage. <laughs> Actually, these ladies were kind of living it. 
So that is how I'll <laughs> God, start I wish out. That was me. I feel well, like you're just going to tell me the story and I'm going to be like, I just want no, that it's, to be it's, like. No, it's not for everyone. This is not necessarily the lifestyle mm. that everyone wants. You'll see, you'll see why. Like, okay. it, it's a mixed bag. It's okay. Okay. I'll offer my opinion at the end of your story. Okay. Go for it. Well, today I'm going to talk about the Dahomey Warriors. Are they Dahomies? Get out. <laughs> I've been saving that one. I'm. How long have you been? <laughs> how long have you been saving that? It's like the first time you talked about it. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to leave my apartment. Okay, bye. <laughs> Never come back. Oh my god, cat. Um, That's hilarious. You didn't even think about that one time. No. Oh my god. <laughs> I. Not even once. Not even a little bit? No. <laughs> okay. Continue. I I need to, like, write that down in my dream journal. Like, this happened today. He ruined my dream journal. <laughs> You're ruining my chance at a puppy. Anyway. Never mind. That's another reference. I was we'll going to say, that's that not day. that movie. It's, no, different one. But as always, I would like to send a shout out to, ironically, the Smithsonian... <laughs> It is that kind of episode today, ladies and gents. Uh, I'm going to make two face over here. I'll be I'll give it this Smithsonian has a good reputation because it has good resources. Listen, the Smithsonian is not bad. They just are classist. But what isn't classist at this point? Especially with the museum industry. I I do think that they are working on being better. I do um, agree. I and then, yeah. I mean we Uh-huh. I mean it's all about like repatriation too is a big discussion right Mm -hmm. now and like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah so today i did get some like really fun facts from the smithsonian uh yeah they're a gem sometimes um but these are in fact (laughs) the um the dahomey warriors are the women that are labeled by the Europeans, mostly the French, as the Amazons, <sighs> after the warriors of Greek mythology. Yes, this is also the same name as Wonder Woman. Okay, okay. It's also the same name as the Amazonians in Futurama. <laughs> I've actually never seen Futurama. I love Futurama. Literally. I know you do. Ugh. I feel like I've seen the show because you talk about it a lot. Yeah, no, but there's like a whole, they come back several times, but they're the Amazonians. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. But. I mean, in Greek mythology, the Amazons were just like the powerful warriors. Yeah. So it makes sense that yeah. like the name falls to Wonder Woman yeah. and the Amazons. Are yeah, the it's just the, the Amazonian episode is like one of the most iconic of ah. Futurama. And they like, whatever, I don't need to talk about it. You continue. Gotcha. <laughs> if you see Futurama, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um... So I learned about them the first time in an African history class, and I remember seeing how excited my professor was when the uh, Black Panther film came out, nice. and she realized that the Dora Milaje is like based around the concept of the Dahomey Warriors. She's the bald one. It's the whole women's force. Oh, okay, like, all well, of them the, with the like the, the red. Yeah. Okay. The ones yeah. that carry their uh, the spear and everything. Gotcha. Um, like I. Yeah, I just do also want to acknowledge that talking about this feels a little weird in a way, and mostly because we, we've we talked before about how, like, stereotypes of people of color 
are often very like harmful to perpetuate and not always true. And a lot of African history is preserved by oral tradition. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we have documented earliest is European experiences with the um, Dahomey. Okay. So a lot of it is like from that Eurocentric lens. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's hard to tell what is exaggerated, what mm-hmm. is demonized, what is con- like just their view of a mm-hmm. quote kind of uncivilized people. So like I just want to make yeah. that known that like as I talk about this, I'm going to mark like when I talk about the European interpretations of it, but it's also hard because these were very strong warrior women, so there were violent acts that oh yeah. happened and everything that like yeah. just the well, nature I'm, of it. It's one thing it's all of that, yeah, but it's also the fact that they're women. So it's even exaggerated more. Like, how shocking. Yeah. Yeah. That so, it's women. Yeah. I kind of wanted to note that before I started yeah. that, like, we have, uh, you know, oral traditions, we have um, written accounts, but there are, you know, people are still trying to figure out exactly where the line lies yeah, in this case. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So the Dahomey, it's a. It's an empire in West Africa. Um, it spans from 1625 to 1894. It's now where modern-day Republic of uh, Benin is. And it's largely populated by the Fon people, who are at the southern side of the country between Togo and Nigeria. Okay. So it's kind of like a, almost a coastal area. The kingdom really reaches its peak in the 1700s when they have a lot of regional power. Um, they had been taking over other coastal kingdoms, such as the Alada and Waida, I believe it's pronounced. Mm. Um, Good for them. I googled a lot of pronunciations for this because, again, I apologize, do not have the best teachings when it comes to non-Eurocentric languages. Um, but even writing out the pronunciations next to some of them has not helped me. Um, uh, saying things is hard. Yeah, so I apologize now. <laughs> it's funny because we up. have a podcast. I know. Where all we do is say things. Yeah, so... And you listen, chumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. We love you all. Love Thank you. you. Sorry. Um, I'm just in a silly, goofy mood. <laughs> hey, that's better than being in a miserable mood. That's true. So yeah, the, a lot of the areas that the Dahomey were kind of moving into uh, were the same areas that slaves were being traded through off the coast. That's they, not good. No, they drew more power actually from the Atlantic slave trade um, because. They had control over these areas yeah. and people moving in and out of them, including slaves, mm-hmm. until the British put up a blockade in 1852 to stop the slave trade. Here's where we do the disclaimer. Not every people group in Africa liked each other. Oh, yes, yeah. there were Africans participating in the tra- slave trade. Yeah. Because they were enemies with those people. They didn't like them. They wanted yeah. to get rid of them. Just like white people didn't like each other either. That doesn't mean slavery is okay. Yeah, because slavery has happened between white people as well yeah like it it, just because other africans enslaved other africans does not make it okay and i also it does not make it okay and i also think it highlights the way that it's taught in public school all the time as this like singular chattel slavery and like while that is the a huge basically genocide of people Mm -hmm. um and like mass scale of death and it's kind of i think when you say slavery that's what pops into people's mind because it has been the prominent example of it the largest Mm -hmm. example but it's also like not the only type of slavery that has existed or groups of people it's taken place between so yeah this definitely is the most systemic and dramatic and institutionalized form of slavery it was a worldwide slavery so Uh, um, but 
Well, I shouldn't like say you worldwide. Said, like other, most of the yeah. Let's be honest. The, most of the world, the white people of the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Western world, if yeah. you will. So the proper term I saw was the Agoji warrior woman. Um, I saw that one first, but I also saw them referred to as the Mino, which means our mothers in the Fon language. Or Ahoshi, which means the king's wives. There was one person, though, that said Mino can also mean witch. And I don't want to offend anyone if that is correct. So I'm going to stick with the Dahomey warriors just because I feel like that's yeah. a... Good... Is that what your professor taught? She called them Dahomey. Yeah, okay. the Dahomey Then I warriors. would say that's a safe bet. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was another professor who also like mentioned the other one. So I was like... Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're like African safe... history professor called yeah. I feel like that's... Yeah. I feel like so I would be comfortable I'm playing with that. the safe yeah. word here. Yeah. <laughs> um, these women were known to be just intimidating and absolutely fearless. And they're supposed to be just powerful and ruthless. And their entry trials and initiation included a test for their tolerance of pain and death. And Jeez. then extreme training basically afterwards in hand-to-hand combat as well as survival skills. And they would get like indivi- individualized weapons training. Some accounts Queens. they have of... Yeah. Well... <laughs> Some accounts they have talk about how women were carrying out executions of prisoners to kind of, like, prove their, you know, not, like, bloodlust, but, like, their strength, their desensitization. I guess that they can do that. Yeah, yeah. that, like, it. I mean, okay, strong enough if the prisoners were going to die anyway, well, I like, guess I can't be too mad at there's that. Some, this is where, like, some questionable stuff was brought up, because apparently I saw multiple accounts of, like, one of their induction trials... I'm assuming one European person reported on this and then yeah, like probably. probably spread. Yeah. Um, but that they, they like climbed up onto a platform with bound prisoners of war and threw them to a mob below to kind of like get torn apart. So like, mm. it's not, it's not great. It's um, not great. But like, it was the proof to like, but like that same sort of thing would have happened in Europe. So like, I know it's like cultural well cultural differences like you say can be a totally different world like a different time period so I mean we wouldn't do it now but like back then (laughs) but back then sure throw them to the crowd (laughs) um but this intense training could also allow women to move up the ladder to positions of authority as well as gaining wealth individually they could be wealthy by themselves and self-made women without a man involved and I mean, if you're a warrior without a children, child or a marriage, I mean, you got money to do whatever the hell you want. Like, live your life how you want. Like, you could get involved in politics. You could make decisions in the public sphere or just, you know, have fun with your life. Nice. Just be a, a warrior in the day and total <laughs> crazy living a life high at night, I guess. Um, some of their training was said to have included climbing walls covered in thorns, going away on hunting expeditions for, like, 10 days at a time or being sent out into the wilderness without supplies mm-hmm. to see if they could like fend for themselves on their survival skills. So nice. Hardcore girl scouts, basically. Basically. Yeah. It seems as though the, the, the psychology behind it was really interesting. I don't feel like I can do it justice, so I'm not going to try. This was terribly hard, but like it seemed like the fawn people didn't particularly consider them to be, you know, strong, badass woman, but taking on the role of a man to be Mm. their own type of masculine and then in a way to kind of adopt that masculine persona. And I mean, it may have been a necessity to take on women in their troops 
I doubt they expected the women to become more badass than the men and yeah. more powerful. I could but... see it happening to where, like, if they had a shortage of men for whatever reason one year. Yeah. And then the tradition continued. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of does fit with one of the timelines I was looking at where someone was like, they were being attacked a lot more during this time. Maybe they needed to draft women or they needed gotcha. this. Yeah. But this is where I'll talk about the origins of them. And the problem is we don't really know for sure. Uh-huh. Um, so we can't say like, oh, they had a shortage of men, so they need- needed women. Yeah. They show up in the 18th century when the empire, the Dahomey empire is kind of peaking. There's accounts of a French slaver named Jean-Pierre Thinault. My French friend here, Kaylee. It sounded good enough for me. Okay. Who also said that he had seen groups of women, some of them not particularly pretty, or just maybe those who couldn't like bear children or something like that. But again, this is a white man's interpretation of a different culture. Say, so I doubt um, that's true. If a French man calls you ugly, don't feel bad about yourself. I know. I was about to say that like, probably means you're like that's a That's like laugh. I feel like I would laugh in his face. Like, <laughs> you think I care about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he says the first time he noted them, he said that they were acting like enforcer- enforcers or soldiers who were armed huh. with weapons like a staff. Four years after this claim, though, they appear for the first time in written history um, after they helped retake a port that had been attacked by the Yoruba, who were some of the Dahomey's most consistent enemies and had as much as 10 times as many people as the Fawn. They weren't Dahomey's. <laughs> they were decidedly not Dahomey's, Kayla. Um <laughs> That's funny because they literally weren't part of the nation of Dahomey. They, <laughs> and they weren't friends either. Kaylee, dang it. Um, uh, that's a funny joke. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> I think so. I'm, I'm proud of you. So others <laughs> say that the Dahomey warriors, that the women kind of formed into a group under the rule of King Ho... Oh, I'm going to botch this so badly. This pronunciation I wrote next to it is not... <laughs> going to bear any ground how hoagbaja who ruled as the third king of Dahome- the dahomeys from 1645 to 1685 um in another account i found also claimed that king hoagbaja's uh intent was originally for them to be a hunting group to go after elephants and he called them the hmm. gbeto Others say that his daughter, Queen Hangbei, who may have not existed at all, but is said to have ruled from 1708 it's... to 1711, wanted a royal group of bodyguards that were female after her twin brother, Akaba, passed away. Okay, that's badass. It's yeah. really interesting. I know that Africa, like, in terms of, like, history, like, writing history and, like, developing Oral history, history is more prominent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. oral history is more prominent, but... 1600 is really recent to like not know well, if someone exists. This is where it gets interesting. We don't know for sure if she existed because it's thought that her her other brother, the one that did survive, not her twin brother that died before she took the throne, that her other brother, King Agaja, overthrew her and ruled from 1708 from to 1732 and removed um, her from and history. Removed her. Like we see some gotcha. of like Egyptian queens yeah. who people uh-huh, were like, uh-huh, uh-huh. we don't like her or her religion. That happens with my guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things like she very well could have existed. And there are people who still claim to be like her. Like, it, it, I'll get there later. <laughs> Wait, what? Not, not her specifically, <laughs> but I'll get there later. But like, yeah. there is evidence in a, a very strong 
<clears throat> sorry, a very strong account that she did live that her brother probably just tried to remove her records from history, oh, gotcha. which is easier to do when it is all oral. Oh, yeah. Just don't talk about her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But when her brother, whether or not she existed, King Agaja took over, he decided to utilize them as bodyguards in a militia. He armed them with the invention of a musket. He utilized them first, kind of notably, in a conflict with the with Savi, which is a kingdom nearby, in 1727 and 1. This kind of tradition is using them as a more of a soldier than a guard was reinforced by King Gezo, who ruled 1818 to 1858. He put a great deal of focus on the Dahomey warriors by making sure that there was like a lot of financial stability within their ranks and that it was a very regimented, structured sort of organization. And there's another battle um, with the Yoruba in 1844, who were mad that the Dahomey had kept raiding their villages, and in retaliation they attacked. The king is said to have had some of his ceremonial, like, prized possessions taken during this attack from the Yoruba, and it may have, this may have been what spurred him to, like, grow the Dahomey, like, the female warriors so much that they Mm -hmm. had to become their own regimented thing. Okay, okay. Which would make sense. I mean, if someone steals your stuff and you're like, wow, never again, I will build an all-female army. (laughs) You guys, Uh, watch my stuff. (laughs) Yeah, this is your job now. Um... They continued to grow in size into the late 1800s. Some of them were forced to join. Some were reported to be captives or slaves. Some were recruited before they were even teenagers, like eight years old. And others were just willing volunteers because it was a good gig when you look at the benefits. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're looking at it with numbers, again, oral traditions make it hard. But with King Gezo's reconstructed military, the woman may have made up about 30 to 40% of the entire army now. Not just this one regiment, but the whole army. Yeah. And the positions among these female Dahomey warriors come with stipulations. You don't really get a family life. You devote yourself to the king with a vow of celibacy. Like, you marry him, essentially. Okay. That makes and sense. since he's already got, like wives and heirs he's not going to take the time to really like yeah. have sex with you so you've inevitably sworn celibacy um uh, is that such a bad thing not really um <laughs> but they also get a lot of privileges they like can stay in the palace like they smoke and they drink and they have like endless supplies of tobacco and stuff that even men couldn't do this stuff with them nice. and since i mean it was weird because it said that you know for the most part, they're celibate, but there were a few that were almost like handed off in political marriages. Or that makes sense. Kind of too. ambassadorial and also, reasons. On paper, they're celibate. You know, these women oh. were not celibate. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you're in a palace with with like tobacco and a king, drugs and, yeah. and a king, and whatever other visiting people are there. I'm sure they were having a grand old other time. Other warriors. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> they were not celibate. Yeah. Um, well, it, I, I mean, it kind of, I think, would be empowering to the women because I was reading something that said that touching these women, if you weren't the king, it was like basically just asking for someone mm. to kill you because they're so, they're so, so yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't even think of the word for it. I'm not tight in ranks, but like they're all looking out for each other. They're all like, uh, yeah, it's like very it's, close. It would be a death wish it. to like mess with one of them. Can you yeah, imagine? So if you... If they did want to break their vows of celibacy, it would be on their terms, not on... On someone else's. Yeah. It's kind of like, it makes me think of how guys always think that they're just texting this girl. I'm like, no, you're texting her and her five best friends. Yeah. Like, 
they know everything about you if you mess up once (laughs) there's a legion of women behind your ex (laughs) who are willing to destroy you on a single whim and it's that makes it makes me think of like yeah yeah girls helping girls you know yeah um (laughs) but they were very ceremonially respected as well throughout the community and they had this great reverence around them there was an account that said uh there was an, well, I should say there's an author of a study named Stanley Alpern who wrote, quote, when Amazons walked out of the palace, they were preceded by a slave girl carrying a bell. The sound told every male to get out of their path, require a certain distance, retire a certain distance and look the other way. Quote. Amen, Which, sister. Uh, girl, get it. Like. Oh my God. Get the hell out of my yeah. way. Okay. That's all. Mean, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> in, I know. I. They, they were said to have their own slaves, too. Um, but Not awesome. Not awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had this very sacred code, and it was the exchange for this relative life of luxury is that if you're going to be a soldier, you're going to be completely committed to this cause. You either win and conquer or you die, and it's a matter of honor, and it's it, it last, this code of honor for them lasts until the end of the Dahomey Empire. Mm-hmm. So as we move on to the middle of the 1800s, we're looking at warriors who have all different kinds of abilities, hunters, sharpshooters, archers, etc. And the Homey Kingdom is constantly at war with the people around it because they need prisoners for the slave trade. So they're doing some not so great things, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and the their physical power, political power, financial power is growing and allows them to push past their central control of their capital in Abame. And there comes a time at the end of the century where European countries are starting to push inland as well, not just the coastal areas. And the Dahomey aren't completely untouchable. So you can they made an attempt to invade Egbas in 1851 and 1864, in which they were defeated. And that doesn't necessarily damage their reputation. And there are multiple accounts of Europeans coming in with their missionary colonizing ways and then being still with these, knowing these losses are absolutely freaking terrified of these women yeah they have no idea they their accounts are like we didn't know that women could be so bloodthirsty i mean they ruthless. were probably coming in like ah oh, it's just a bunch of girls down there and then they're like oh, and then shit. they actually see them they're like oh oh yeah. and they're like tall women wearing armor i can't tell if they're women unless i see their boobs <laughs> like literally oh, it's kind of hot i don't know <laughs> they're probably like, just like really confused they're like why am i attracted to this <laughs> Well, like, literally one of them commented, I was reading, like, in a, a primary source, and it was, like, basically saying, like, in all ways, there are men until you see their chests. And I was, like, So you Great. were into it. So you were looking, like. So you were into it. Yeah. So, um, like, but, like, go off, sis. Like, make the men yeah. think you're all, like, easy to beat, and then you just turn around and pow. I mean, that's part of the the element of surprise, right? Yes, you're right. <laughs> There's also a famous account from 1861 when a missionary named Francesco Borghero, Borghero, Borghero. <laughs> just, yeah. Wow, I can't even do the European names either, guys. Look at this. It's not just the African names. I can't do any of them. Um, <laughs> he was brought as a guest. Like I said, talking's hard. <laughs> it is. He was brought as a guest of the King Guele, and he wanted to show off the Dahomey to his, you know, venerated European guests. And they kind of... He, like, kicks the Dahomey warriors into gear, and he's like, yeah, start doing your drills and training. And, like, this European guy is just watching, and he is shook. He watches them climb these walls covered in thorns, ignoring their injuries. And then when the trial is done, the best of the 
like the warriors get a belt made out of the thorns and they like tightly wrap it around their waist to prove how little Ooh. pain means to them. Ouch. And the other Europeans are like nitpicky because who's not going to be? I mean, yeah. they're Europeans. And some of them were like, wow, they're shooting their muskets from their hip. They don't know how to use the weaponry. But all of them are still like, oh shit, <laughs> these women would skunk us in hand-to-hand combat. Like, if, a, if they're shooting their muskets from their hip and still hitting the I target, know, right? then I'm sorry, I'm they're better than you. I know. They're, they know how to use it's it like, better than you do. Like, they don't want to deal with the recoil. That's yeah. Fine, you know? But no, like, even the ones who were like, hypersensitive like oh they don't know what they're doing um they they even then were like oh hand-to-hand combat we were we'd be screwed like these women are intense which makes me think of did you see the the twitter the tweet about the woman who won i think she won like gold and sharpshooting at the olympics and she had a hand in a pocket one of her hands in her pocket and the other like extended in front of her with a gun and someone commented and was like that kickback's really gonna it was like a guy and he was like, yeah, kickback's really going to hurt, you know, this is why uh, you don't shoot like that. And someone's like, you know, she just won gold at the Olympics, right? Like, <laughs> shut up. No, I didn't see that one. I saw a bunch of other BS about men talking about women competing, but whatever. Well, not that, well, not that's that just what that one made me think of, of when I was doing my research and yeah, they were like no. complaining, like they're shooting from their hip and I'm like, great. And they're still kicking your ass. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> your point. So like I said before, they wanted to add some like structure and hierarchy, but it's really interesting, like, formation-wise, because I've never really been into military history except for that time. I was watching Vikings, and I got really invested in learning how <laughs> the, the TV show was made, and I started looking into all the, like, Viking battle formations. I'm shit. so happy for you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Ragnar Lothbrok was, like, an obsession for a hot second there. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Stop looking at me. I can't look I'm at you. I'm not even surprised. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Last night we were at trivia and what are you there's about like to a, say? There's like oh a god. visual round, right? And it's all flags of countries that have won gold at the Olympics. Me? And I'm making a joke and like, oh, Kat was probably like, oh, oh man, no. I was just practicing this last week. I should know what these are. <laughs> and Kat goes, Wait, yeah, I was. I had this little phone game. And I look at her. I was like, Kat, that was a joke. And she's like, no, I seriously was doing that. It's called Satara. If you would like to learn your geography and maths, just download the Satara app. I just was like, Kat, that was a, that was a joke, Kat. It was not a joke. <laughs> it was really funny. It was, yeah. Um. I, I genuinely went in believing, like, oh, I, I'm giving Kat a hard time, but I don't think she was actually studying maps last week. And I then was. she was. And then she was. <laughs> I don't know. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, no, that was a good moment. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So if that tells you anything about Kat. <laughs> yeah. I My brain can't stop. Otherwise, I stop and then I die. Um, but it's my fine. brain refuses to start. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> executive dysfunction there you go yeah anyway so yes um <laughs> the structure that they used were kind of based it was described in wings so i'll kind of describe it but the center wing is sort of like the elite and best of the best and it's called the fonti and they are the ones that would directly flank the king under separate female commanders and there's also like left and right wings to kind of flank them and each of them has different subgroups so all of these are made up of what would be a huntress, which is called Gibeto. Originally, the elephant huntresses. Um, you could be a 
riflewoman Gulo Hento to head training. Um, well, like you were really good at like hand to hand combat as well as carrying a long rifle and a small sword. They had Dutch rifles as well as like I think what was described as a Winchester type rifle from what I was huh. looking at. You could also be a Reaper, which, bro, that's what I want to be. <laughs> Reaper, that's badass. <laughs> yeah, it was Niek Niek Plohento. Um, it seemed to be like the best of the best. They were said to carry knives that were so sharp. Basically, they were basically razor blades that would cut people in half, and they were Ooh. the most feared. Or you could be an archer, oh, Gohento, um, who were your classic sort of like bow and arrow Katniss style. Um, but unlike Katniss, they they really went for it, and they had hooked and poisoned arrows, nice. the type that killed you painfully, even if you didn't hit any major organs because. Um, of the poison, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. poison and getting stuck in your organs, so you mm-hmm. can't really, like, push or pull that back out without it being extremely painful. Ooh. Uh-huh. And these ladies were not known to miss their targets, let's just say that. So, the Dahomey've also gotten hang of artillery, like, older versions of iron guns and even some modern German guns that had been sold to them through the other mm-hmm. Europeans, yeah. which creates the final category, the gunners, or the Agbalia. So... All over, just complete badasses, organized, <laughs> efficient, Jeez. terrifying. And then we have the Franco-Dahomian War. This is the disclaimer that you. I think it needs to be just a future disclaimer for every time we talk about a battle that there. Every battle of the world is way more complicated than we give it credit to be, except mm-hmm. for maybe the Great Emu War. We just, <laughs> we yeah, that was pretty straightforward. That. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They still lost. Um, they we still lost, lost to the emos. It's emos. The emos. We lost to the emos. Panic at the disco. What happened? We dead. lost to the emos. Cat. My chemical romance is actually just biting its time. Biting, biting its, its time. time. There we go. I literally can't talk today. Anyway, you are pretty hard. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so between war and colonization of the area, it's very complex how all this tension starts to rise, and there's a very long. Com- Buzzled, confuzzled, bamboozled, history. It's just a mess. <laughs> Either way, the tensions start to boil up into violent confrontations during the reign of the 11th Dahomey king, King Behanzen. Um, and I got a quote here that I believe this is one I got from the Smithsonian. Oh, gosh. It is the Smithsonian. Yes. Sorry. I, <laughs> like, I want to make sure I attribute it to the right people. Yeah, no. In about 1889, female troops were involved in an incident that resulted in a full-scale war. According to lo- local oral histories, the spark came when the Dahomeyans attacked a village under French sovereignty. I think that's supposed to say a sovereignty. Apparently, my translation from page to page was not good. Whose chief, <laughs> chief tried to avert panic by assuring the inhabitants that the tricolor would protect them. So you like this flag? The Dahomeyan general asked when the settlement had been overrun. Eh bien, it will serve you. At the general signal, one of the woman warriors beheaded the chief with one blow of her cutlass and carried his head back to her new king, Bahanzen, wrapped in the French standard. Mm. So, like, they went hard. Yeah. And Sounds like it. That pisses a lot of people off and engages the French in the First War where many uh, of the Agoji Dahomey women, women go into battle with the military forces. And it's said that some of the Frenchmen were so scared of firing on these women because they were like, if we kill that one, her besties next to her are immediately going to murder us in retaliation. <laughs> like, they were so yeah. scared. 
Reputation and hand-to-hand combat can only do so much, though, when you're facing military technology and numbers mm-hmm. like the French had, and a lot of the Dahomey women were gunned down. Yeah, yeah. And during the second Franco-Dahomeyan War, even more violent and ruthless than the first, the women were told to go after the French soldiers, which they did, which is an extremely unfair balance because it's not really an honorable fight for the French. Well, it's not, It's bad because the French weren't being honorable. They end up victorious in 23 different battles, but only with the help of the Foreign Legion when they finally showed up, who had brought machine guns with them. I was going to say, you can be the badass, most badass warriors in the freaking world. Show, someone shows up with guns, mm-hmm. like... Well, and, like, There's they no, had muskets yeah. from the Europeans. Like, they yeah, had but, been building it up. But machine guns? Yeah. Like, no, no one... You literally uh-huh. mow people down with those, like, in a line. It's just an execution line, especially yeah. when you're on an open front battlefield. Like, it... Yeah, 1889, that's way later than I was thinking. Yeah, it... No, that's what's throwing me... Threw me off the most about this, is yeah. because when you think about colonization, it's way more recent than we... I think it's, to me, well, my brain... Not even just, colonization that these... Because I always put them more in the past... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, like, when I say things like machine guns, I'm talking the rudimentary version yeah, of, like... No, no, no. But, like, 1889 for, like, these badass warrior women that have oh, always yeah. been, like, more of an like a myth They thing, feel like, like a legend. to history. Yeah. That it's crazy that they were that recent. Oh, wait till yeah. you hear when the last one died. Oh, God. It's going to trip me up, isn't it? It's going to trip your whole it's life like, up. like, 1980 or something, right? basically oh my god it's freaking insane um, because there's a lot of things in history that make you go like wait hold up what yeah someone pointed out that when the first pyramids were being built in egypt the mammoths still existed on madagascar yeah like there are points in history where time like we talked about with anne frank and mlk mm-hmm. and marilyn monroe and the queen like yeah having the same birthdays and stuff like that like you don't associate those people with the same time in history mm-hmm. and if you that's one of my favorite things about fashion history too is how weird it is that like you can go from full-on edwardian gibson girl to like wartime swinging like like uh, roaring 20s in a matter of like a decade or so mm-hmm. like just the evolution of everything so fast. Yeah. Is, are you looking one up now? I'm looking up a fun fact. Oh, verifying? No, um, for the end of the episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> you just reminded me. Okay. Um, but yeah, so this is way later than I think I even originally understood. Um, but yeah, I was talking about the second one, right? Yes. Okay. Um this ended okay so yeah with the foreign legion showing up and bringing like this early rudimentary kind of version of a machine gun they just didn't have a chance so yeah uh, it ended the dahomean kingdom and the french ended up taking hold of it to turn it into a french protectorate oral histories tell us that some of the warrior women devoted themselves to protecting king Bahanzin's predecessor by lying and claiming to be his wives some of them left their vow of celibacy, which is probably moot anyway, I, I guess, since the kingdom fell. I don't know if they were, like, held to it for life. It feels like these are the type of the women that would honor their vow for life. You know, they wouldn't just be like, oh, well, he's dead. Yeah, you know? yeah. But some of them are uh, said to have married or ended up having children. But here here gets the my favorite part. Um, there are stories that some played themselves off as Dahomean women who were on their way to the stockades and allowed themselves to be seduced by French soldiers mm. who would promptly find themselves asleep with their throats cut by their own bayonets in their bed. <gasps> Suspicious. 
Mm. I mean, we all know. We all. This is why you don't use machine guns in a fair fight. Hey, that's you might one end thing up murdered that women after. Have a leg up. They can seduce those people. And then I, I, all's fair in love and more. I've always wondered, like back all's then, fair. when men like, because I don't want to discredit all men right now, but like back then when <laughs> fair. I just, I try to, I'm trying to think of like how ridiculously, not pompous, but like oblivious these men had to be to be like, yes, we just killed all of them and they're totally going to want to sleep with me. Uh It's, well, it's the centuries of um, just, you know, cultural superiority and God complexes. Uh uh That's just been like instilled on these men. Like who, who wouldn't want to sleep with me? I am such a good warrior. (laughs) I... But, like, seriously, what war, like, what Uh, battle man is, like, ah, yes, this woman who literally, like, survived an onslaught with a machine gun and, like, hunted elephants Well, they're probably, like, ooh, I have a chance to bed one of these warrior women. I can go tell my buddies about it back in... You know, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, the bar. But then they die before (laughs) they ever can. Yeah. So, it brings up the question that colonization the concept doesn't cloud it and, and informs the situation, but I always w- kind of wonder if I feel like this is more of a genocidal act because it was yeah. a battle for land and mm-hmm. these were warriors. They were not civilians, but the fact that they were kind of intentionally like wiping out this population is very genocidal. But then again, I mean, those kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Colonization and, and genocide. genocide. Yeah. So it's this weird overlap of like, they were soldiers. So it's yeah. like, Killing them isn't necessarily about getting rid of their culture. It's more about yeah. winning against your opponent. But then again, yeah. the way they did it. I bet and... it was more intentionally done with the group of women than, than like any other men. armed forces. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're such an affront to like. To their know. concept, to their foundational yeah. ideas of like uh-huh. of male superiority. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a good point. I didn't think about that one. Um. It's definitely indicative of the larger context and a larger issue there. Yeah. But the French still, which is an asshole move, were like, ah, oh, they were still so brave. They still met us with such fervor. Like, it feels almost condescending to yeah. be that way. No, but, it um, does. The, it's said that by the later part of the 19th century, at least 6,000 to 15,000, somewhere between there, were dead out of just the Dahomey female warriors. And that they There went, was that many? Yeah, there wow. was a lot. Wow, okay. And that, like, well, that was, like, the cumulative, is that the, yeah, cumulative. And that out on the field, there was probably between 1,500 and 2,000. Wow. But only. Well, I was thinking maybe, like, a couple hundred. No, this is, like. it's a lot. Ranks. Okay, This is, like, that's why they literally had, like like, rank and file, like, in their organization, they had to. Otherwise, it wouldn't have had structure. Um. But and again, of, for it to be so recent, like I know, why don't we talk? Like that's I know it, why we don't talk about it because it's African history, and no one ever talks about African history. I but know. like that's insane. I know for 1889. I know, like at hell? this point, guys, we had like I'm trying to like put it in an American Eurocentric context. Like 1889, what, we had like I, I don't know, it's the freaking Gilded Age. People were like Upton Sinclair was about to write. Yeah. Like electricity is yeah. becoming bigger now. Like Yeah, like we have electricity. Taylors and factories, industrial revolutions. Teddy all... Roosevelt's about to be president. Like like this is turn way of more the recent century. Than I think people... Yeah, like 
think. Yeah. We have motor cars now. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. But out of the 1,500 or 2,000 or so that went out into the field, only 50 were fit to fight anymore after it was wow. over. It was that decimating. Oh. And it's thought that a good many of them lived until the 1940s and even into the 1960s. Wow. The last surviving warrior is said to be a woman named Nawi, who was found by a reporter who was doing some like in-depth research and she like found her in a remote village uh-huh. and she was like so old and this woman was like how old are you and the lady's like i honestly don't know but i yeah. remember fighting the french <gasps> wow and the she doesn't pass away until 1979 jesus christ she would have been well over 100 my years mom old was born when the last Dahomey okay let's warrior. say let's say she was like 20 in 1889 when she fought the french mm-hmm. so she had that puts her in being born in 1869 so that's Jeez. 110 years old i mean she could have been younger than 20 but still over 100 but yeah easily yeah because she was not 10 in but no that you're right because yeah. like so i don't want to like out i don't like out my dad on this but like he, he and I were watching 13th and there was a lot of stuff that we were like, we were pausing every 10 minutes to discuss because yeah. like, we just couldn't watch that. And my like, dad would not watch 13th. So my dad found it super educational and like, he was really enjoying it. My dad it. would be like, this and we got liberal to the, bullshit. <laughs> well, we got to the section on Ruby Bridges mm-hmm. and my dad was like shocked at the way his own timeline aligned with Ruby Bridges. He's like, this happened when i was and i was like yeah Mm. yeah and he knew like sometimes we just don't consider those things to be in our lifetime but my parents were like what year was this my dad was 10 when she died yeah like or no my dad was more than 10 my dad was like 13 when yeah this woman died my mom and my dad were like four and five something like that that's crazy yeah it's insane um but yeah, she was said to be well over 100 years old, and she she was cognizant. She was like, no, I fought against the French. Wow. So I think that's incredibly badass. And I want to say that they weren't the only women involved in warfare, and I don't want to discredit the other women of the world that have been involved in warfare. Yeah. Um, there are, and if you look in the regions especially in Africa, if you dig close enough, there's other groups um, of warriors and female warriors that have a outstanding and valiant history um there's common others such as the female guards of king monkut from siam who is believed to have at least 400 of them um there's he it said he kind of had them as a ceremonial group though and never really sent them out to war but i, I, yeah. I don't know if he was because he was sentimental about them or because they were women or what but then there's also like nzinga of yeah, and Zinga of Matamba, who was a highly skilled warrior queen from Angola, who was nice. known to like drink the blood of her sacrificial victims, wow. and she like kept a large harem of men. Nice. And they are still reverse harem queen. I know, right? <laughs> but like the Dahomey, as we understand them now, are I mean, and who knows? Maybe there's others buried and lost in history. The odds yeah. are that with oral traditions, we've lost some that were probably around before this. Um, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, these Dahomey female warriors are still attributed to being the only frontline female soldiers in modern history. Wow. And there was this fascinating article I was reading and I didn't, um, I didn't get the like exact years and everything down, but like a lot of them assume that 
if that they were the Dahomey women were really created under Queen Hongbe as her guards and everything, and there is a ceremonial role that is still being passed down huh. as the Queen Hongbe, and like there is still a woman hmm. who holds that title and has descendants of the Dahomey hmm. with her, like like that work at her will and stuff. It is so fascinating. That so, is really interesting. Huh. I thought it was just like the coolest thing to see that like the legacy yeah. still lives. No, that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So <gasps> that's really interesting. Do you want to turn the lamp on next to I was you? Because say, I, I know literally... your apartment is weird. I don't know if like okay. Yeah. I was gonna ask it's after like you were pitch done. Black yeah, in I know. My apartment. Right I was now. like, because how Cat's apartment works, do so you have to like s- turn a switch on to like? Yeah, it's the turn switch behind on. the couch. That's why I switched um, the outlet to under my chair. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that you could turn it on whenever you actually wanted. <laughs> okay, that because I was gonna, I was like waiting, but it was getting really. No, dark. it's like getting, it was like pitch black and <laughs> yeah. the sunset, and I'm like like a very bright iPad in my face, and then I was like staring at you. Yeah. I was like getting blind from this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said when you were done, I would offer my opinion on whether or not I would join. Mm-hmm. And if I was a woman in this country from 1600 to, to oh, 1889, yeah. I would say yes. I think I would still join too. I just wasn't, it wasn't quite like, ah, oh, we're just some badass bitches. Like there was some. Oh, well, there were more Shitty stuff I had to deal with yeah. too, so. Yeah. I mean, who didn't have to deal with shitty stuff? True. In the 1800s. True. But yeah. Um, that is. That was really good. That was really story. cool. Thank you. That I was very interesting, Kat. Love it. And I love the representation that you still get to see in like Black Panther and all yeah, the different no, like really versions cool. and stuff. Again, why don't we talk about that more? Because European. I thought you were people. saying because you, you're a, instead of you're. No, it's because I because, because me? you because, because of you. me in the words of Kelly Clarkson because, because of, of you. you. <laughs> we make a lot of music references on this show. If this is your first time listening, we will eventually probably get sued. Probably, Kelly, please don't sue us. You were my first concert. <laughs> oh, was she really? Yeah. Seven okay, years now old. she can't. She has to be nice. She to can't. You she has to be nice to us. <sighs> well, that was really good, Cat. I guess it's my turn now. Thank you. Yes, go for it. I am ready. So, um. Uh, just some disclaimers. This does have some more mature themes, so viewer discretion is advised. If um, you want to end it on violent women and badassery, <laughs> violent women, feel free. Feel free. Um, um, now I'm going to talk about a violent man. So <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. So I am talking about the infamous Roman emperor Caligula. Which is very difficult to say. Okay, not gonna lie. When I was younger, I thought that Caligula was a woman. Caligula. That and could be a woman's name. She was a like I don't know why, but I had this idea that she was like a really badass like sex worker who ended up like owning an empire for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know I where it came either. from, but like I'm really interested because a few <laughs> years ago when I realized that Caligula is Caligula is not who I thought they were, I was like, oh. So now I know nothing. Yeah. I'm going so, into this completely fresh. Um, let me tell you, it's a wild ride and a lot of it doesn't have a timeline. So I'm going to get to the stuff that does have a timeline. So Caligula was born Gaius Caesar on August 31st in the year 12. <laughs> Which is just funny to say. That, the, I don't know why, but the term the year 12. Anything under 100 is just hilarious. <laughs> I like, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like calling a baby by like 19 months or like 18 months instead of saying a year and a half. People yeah. are like, my baby's 18 months and I'm like, no, he's a year and a half. I Shut give up. people a break until 
18 months. They can say 18 months. Anything after 18 months, okay, I'm that's like, fair. that's Because I guess developmentally a lot's happening month yeah. by month. But uh-huh. okay, after 18, 18 months. months is a lot less but to people, say than a year and a half. Okay, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So 18 months but is okay. But people who are like, my baby, 30, months. 36 months. No, he's not. You. That's three. That's yeah, two He's months. three years old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, back so yes. to year 12. In Sorry. Year 12. I, detra- I detract. He was the third son of the renowned and beloved Roman Emperor Germanicus and his wife Agrippina, which I think that's how you said that. I don't know. Growing up with Rome's top general for a dad, Caligula was around war and, cu- and war culture his entire life. When he was very young, he lived in military postings along the Rhine River with his parents. And this is where he earned his nickname Caligula because that's just a nickname. He was born Gaius. Um, and he earned this nickname when he was young because for like the fancy military stuff, they would dress him up in like a little military costume. Oh my god! And like the miniature version yes! of like the military. So it, Caligula means little boot or like little boots. Really? Yeah, because he would be like two or like three years old running around in like the Stop! mini version. That's I just so like cute. that's really cute. Okay, so I like know some people get like really. Like, they get cute vibes from babies, but for me, it's when I see baby gloves and baby shoes. I love when I see, like, adult things. Not just baby shoes, because if they're, like, cutesy or whatever, I'm like, okay, whatever. That's, like, obviously a child's shoe. But when I see, like, a pair of old school Vans, like, shrunk down. Oh, yeah. To, like, if, or, like, a pair of, like, a child wearing, like, Doc Martens. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Also, what really gets me is baby glasses. Because I'm like, oh you my god, yes. Those are little baby glasses. And they get so like cute. hooked on the back by like a little yeah, cord. Yeah, they have yes. their little cord. I saw two children today wearing baby glasses. Hell yeah. It was amazing. I, was like, I love it. <sighs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, he just got this nickname when he was like really young and it just stuck with him for his whole life. Hmm. Uh, following the death of his father, when he was either five or seven, I saw like, I saw so many years for the when his dad died. It's okay. I saw like twenty different origins of the Dahomey Warriors. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> some of this we have to remember that yeah. history can be lost. Yes. Um. Yeah. So his dad died sometime between when he was either five years old or seven years old. He was young, um, but he did get to like know him for a few years. That's good. Uh, so after his father died, the family fell out of favor with the emperor Tiberius following accusations from a political rival who had always been jealous of Germanicus's place in the spotlight. This political rival was a man by the name of Sejunus who accused the family of treason, fearing that the eldest sons would uh, be a threat to his power. He then, he convinced Tiberius, the emperor to have them all exiled where they lived until they passed away. I believe the mom was marooned on an island where she starved to death. Oh my and gosh. Yeah, one of the brothers was executed and the other one committed suicide. So, like, not a great time. Like, Whoa. we were not off to a great start. Was, like, no, that's too, <laughs> too morbid of a question. Never mind. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to even ask. Um, I was going to ask if it was, like, ceremonial suicide. Like, if he was, I don't like, know. given an option, like, you have to. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, like, speculating with the story okay well i wasn't Um, sure because i always find it really interesting when cultures are like the honorable like 
because yeah. a lot of cultures see suicide as not honorable, but a lot yeah. of people saw it as the honorable solution to being like he. I mean, this something. guy might have saw it, seen it as an honorable way out, like his own personal. Like it's less torturous yeah. than whatever they're gonna do to yeah. me. Yeah, or maybe he saw them execute his brother, and he's like, I don't want to do that. I'm oh, just kind of go yeah. ahead. Maybe he's like, I know I'm gonna die anyway. Might as well be on my own terms. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm curious. So luckily or unluckily, however you paint it, uh, Caligula was saved from this fate being uh, because he was so young and he was uh, his grandmother was able to convince Tiberius to stop him from sending him to prison or to exile. And uh, so he lived with his grandmother for um, several years, basically until he was a young adult. Uh, however, it is possible that Germanicus's wife, Agrippa, was that her name? Uh, Agrippina, uh, was not entirely blameless in this. Some histories recount that she publicly blamed Tiberius for the death of Germanicus and, like, basically, oh. like, accused him of killing Germanicus. Oh. It's very unclear how Germanicus died, um, but Tiberius did not like that. And so it yeah. might not have helped. We don't know what really happened. Uh, so... Unfortunately, though, during his time with his grandmother, uh, this is when Caligula's infamous rumors of incest begin, and it is said that he had relations with his sister, Drusilla. He had three sisters. Ew. Yeah. And um, apparently when they were hanging out with their grandma, being taken care of by grandma, him and his sister... I don't know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> However, this is unconfirmed, um, and apparently it only shows up in one source... And so some historians believe that it was might have just been more of a propaganda piece yeah. against him than anything. Um, but, I mean, so much of this guy's story is, like, pure legend and speculation, which makes it, like, absolutely batshit, which I'll right. get into later. So before the death of um, his father, Germanicus, and in order to gain favor for the soon-to-be emperor, the former, the emperor before uh, Tiberius is Augustus. And... Augustus convinces Tiberius, who was, like, not so popular of a successor, to um, kind of formally adopt Germanicus into his family in order mm. to earn the favor of the people. So since Germanicus was so loved, yeah, um, Augustus thought that Tiberius might be loved a little bit more uh, if he did this to Germanicus, and he did. So that made Caligula officially a part of the line of succession. Hmm. Um, which we'll get to that later. Okay. So after years with his grandmother in 31 AD, when he was 19, Caligula was forced to live on the island of Capri with Tiberius. And it is very clear that this is not something that Caligula wants to happen. And he was basically treated like a prince, but he was not allowed to leave the island. So this is thought to really add to these years he spent on his spent on this island was really thought to add to, like, some of his, like, kind of insanity oh, and, like, yeah. behavior problems. Yeah. Because, like, Isolation. it's, like, kind of that, yeah, the cognitive dissonance between I'm tre- I'm given everything that I want at the drop of a hat. Like, literally everything I want. But I literally don't but I say am, over what I actually do. Yeah. I'm not, and, and, like, I'm not allowed to leave this place. And he, like, apparently did not like Tiberius for a myriad of reasons and who knows which one was the true one, but we yeah. have all of these theories as to why. Um, the first one is Tiberius, uh, who his mother very publicly might have accused of killing his father. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was forced to show this man respect and beat his beck and call 24 seven. 
not and like not allowed to leave. And as like a 19 year old, like that's the last thing you want to do. Uh, there are also rumors of non-consensual sexual relations between Tiberius and Caligula. Was um, it a sort of like pederasty relationship? Or no. Like, like sh- it was just yeah. the R word. Yeah, it was like not. Yeah, okay. no. Um, Tiberius just was like not a great guy. <laughs> um, That's so there's those rumors and there's also rumors that Tiberius forced Caligula to have sex with male prostitutes so so either way he was being sexually so either way again a lot of the stories up in the air something weird was happening with tiberius and okay um so that just added to the not liking tiberius for caligula and but it was also bad for caligula in a different way Uh, as i said before he was allowed to do whatever he wanted and he was even encouraged to explore his every desire, even the not great ones. So there's oh, a quote dear. from this Roman historian, Suetonius, who wrote, quote, Even in those days, Caligula could not control his natural brutality. He loved watching tortures and executions and disguised in wigs. Okay. That's one thought. I don't know why these two are connected. I would not have written it this way. So these are exemplifying his brutality so even in those days Caligula could not control his natural brutality he loved watching tortures and executions period and he also uh, this is kind of showing how he was allowed to indulge in whatever he wanted to Mm -hmm. um and disguised in wigs and robes abandoned himself nightly to the pleasures of feasting and scandalous living so he was indulged a party boy that's also a masochist yeah literally like a sadist. A sa- yeah, yeah, like, he was allowed to do whatever he wanted. Even, like... Wow. Like, yeah, like, killing things. <laughs> like, and watching yeah. executions. Yeah, so, like, it was quite literally whatever he wanted. It wasn't just, you, oh, you think whatever you want, so you just party all night. Like, yeah. no, it's, like, literally, like, whatever Getting dark... Getting King Joffrey vibes here. Very similar, very similar. Um... There's not reports of him being quite as much of an asshole <laughs> early on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, people kind of liked him before he, like, went crazy. But... Uh-huh. And Tiberius did not... Did nothing to uh, correct this behavior. In fact, he seemed to like it. He's quoted as saying, I am nursing a viper for the Roman people. So he's like... So he had an inkling of how volatile, at least. Oh, absolutely. Be. But he kind of... It's... He played it off. It, sees that, it seems that he's seeing it as a positive instead of a negative. So he spends around six years with um, living on Capri with Tiberius. And in 37 AD, Tiberius succumbs to a mysterious illness and passes away, leaving the wine, the line of succession open. Caligula is kind people suspect that he could have been involved in this, but I don't think anyone cared enough to like pursue it. <laughs> They're like, Damn. okay, whatever. <laughs> You're such a bad ruler that everyone's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. he's dead now. Okay, on to the There's next one. There's a sadist one. waiting next in line, but okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, as I said, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, okay. Um, His debauchery is still semi-hidden. It's still, it's still budding. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so somehow, there was a lot of different stories I saw about like how and why Caligula ended up as emperor, but somehow... He gets appointed and the Senate agrees. And in also in 37 AD, 
he uh, becomes emperor and names himself Gaius Caesar Germanicus in honor of his father. Emperor Gaius Caesar Germanicus. Um, however, say, oh, how sweet if I didn't know he's going to turn out to be a raging, <laughs> right? Like really crazy. Yeah. Man. Um, however, even though like I don't know how exactly he got to the position, I do think that no one knew exactly how crazy he was going to be. I mean, there's like a, I a think line this really caught people off guard. Yeah. They were just like, oh, yeah, he's doing all this weird stuff. But he wasn't killing anyone. He was just watching people be killed. That's kind of weird, but I guess not that big of a deal. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Um, so the first few months of his like time as emperor went surprisingly well. He cut taxes. He freed those who were unjustly imprisoned by Tiberius. He made sure to increase the amount of public sporting events, such as gladiator matches, boxing events, plays, and chariot races. He was a patron to the arts. He built massive monuments. He built the Temple of Augustus, Pompey's Theater, and rebuilt the walls in the temples of Syracuse and the Roman city in the Alps. Uh, And the people really seemed to like him. And they kind of felt like this is the beginning of a long and prosperous time for Rome. Like, this was, like... Like, they were like, okay, this guy's sweet. Awesome, like, he's great. cutting taxes and making sure I have something to do on the weekends. Like, I'm down. <laughs> um, however, bum, six bum, to bum. Seven, seven months into his rule, Caligula would fall very ill. And for an entire month, he teetered between life and death. And when he finally recovered, it was very clear to everyone that he was not the same person. So that illness, like, just set huh. something off in him. So... What follows is a very pieced together account because every article I looked at had something different to say and none of them had dates of the four years he spent as emperor. Awesome. So from post when he was sick in 37 AD to his death in 41, so less than four years, this is all the shit that is said to have gone down. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I didn't realize he died so young. Well, they killed him because he was crazy. What? <laughs> yeah. It's impressive they moved that fast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, assassinate? Assassinate. Just press. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they did it before Julius Caesar or anyone. True, right. <laughs> um, but so this is only four years, but it's like literally the rest of my notes is just all this I love shit. it. Just hit me so, with it. Hit me with all the weird shit. <sighs> is this where we say trigger warning for some really violent shit's about to go down? No, not particularly. Nothing like graphic or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he basically the first one of the first things he does is harkens back to this um need to do anything and everything he wants at the moment he wants to do it. Mm, which means no impulse he control. yep. He wastes money on luxury, indulging, mm. having parties, throwing orgies, like very much that side of like pleasure and like Wall Street boy partaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um he also uh, let me not get ahead of myself. I these notes, like I said, because I had to piece them. No, oh, yeah, together for many. I've articles, had a couple like, before where I was like, yeah, I literally. That's a couple times I've had to have you pause. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm like, I lost track of where the <laughs> hell I am. Yeah, so so he was like indulging back in this part of his life, but he's also apparently at the same time suffering from intense headaches and would often wander the halls of the palace at night. Apparently, often addressed as a woman. Um, not that that's like a bad thing and it's definitely not like a bad thing that he does, but it's interesting it's, to me. It's just like, it makes me wonder what he was sick with that made him suddenly yeah. become so violent. And then 
it's like a very personality i know and like historians have tried to figure it out and like they can't it's like i think the best i saw is that they think the fever just got so bad and was so prolonged that it like altered Altered his brain brain worked yeah which Um, can happen yeah i mean high fever will wreck you so if you're past 105 ever if you ever get near 105 yeah you need to go to a hospital and for like a solid month like that's yeah that's bad yeah so he also reportedly became more paranoid, uh, and to, to kind of combat all of his spending, he raised taxes, and um, which we will see all the reasons why he needed to <laughs> raise taxes. And um, he also instated new taxes, very unpopular taxes, taxes on stuff that didn't matter. As I said earlier, he did what he wanted, and that including included ending human life. It is said that he had his cousin and his adopted son killed after they displeased him, just kind of on a whim. And when his grandmother told him that that was bullshit, she also died shortly after. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Don't like that. Um, He apparently cleared the courts of anyone who seemed to be loyal still to Tiberius. And this included, included one of his own wives. He was quoted as saying, remember that I have the right to do anything to anybody. Uh oh. Uh, the incest rumors continued this time, including all three sisters. Oh boy. Uh, he took way too much delight in watching those he ordered to be executed die. Uh, he would apparently bring, uh, if he ordered, let's say, a dad to be executed, he would first kill the dad's children, making the father watch, and then kill the father. Oh boy. Yeah, so like not not good. <laughs> um, anyway, you slice it, not good. Uh, and he would, and when there were people who he had executed, he would often treat these as kind of like a sporting match, and he would call out obscene things from the sidelines and kind of just like joke around and like laugh, kind of like a guy watching a football game. Yeah. Um, he also, in addition to the children thing, he would just force the loved ones of those to be executed, watch the person being executed. And he would, that was part of the fun for him. Mm. Um, he was reported to have whispered into lovers ears about killing them during the act. Um, there's a story about, no, there's a story about him sacrificing a bull and, um, as, and so he's, there's. He's sacrificing a bull, as emperors do, in 37 or whatever AD. Yeah. He walks up to, like, the sacrificial pulpit or whatever, and standing there is the bull, um, the priest, and the priest's assistant who is holding the bull. Uh, Caligula takes the hammer, and he's supposed to, like, smash the bull, and instead he just full-on kills the the assistant. Like, yeah. Just full-on murders this guy. okay. Yeah. Like something's not okay. Yeah, no. Um, because he was balding, apparently whenever he would see a man with a thick head of hair, he would have him pulled out of the crowd and like like scalped. <gasps> yeah. Um, at public events in the heat of summer, he would intentionally deny shade or water to those performing all day long. Um, just like needlessly cruel. It's Joffrey. Yeah. But not War of Roses, Joffrey. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, he apparently ordered himself a giant statue. He ordered a giant statue of himself to be placed in the Great Temple in Jerusalem, and deeply offended all of the Jews yeah. because that's like elevating himself to god yeah. status. 
and targeting the Jews. Um, he also, you know, this was not all domestic stuff. He also, you know, was an emperor and he had access to Rome's military. So he's going to do some weird shit with it. Um, he organized a massive army and went to Gaul in Germany and nothing really happened up there. They lost some battles. <laughs> and then instead of just like pulling out, it's like, they're not in war right now. He's just yeah. doing whatever he wants. He decides that they, uh, he's going to finally be the one to conquer Britain. They can't do it. Um, so when they, yeah. so when they don't do it, uh, he orders his men to line up on the beach and collect <gasps> seashells. Wait, <laughs> is this not what I think it? No, okay. it's not. Is that the punishment? <laughs> no, like he's just like collect these seashells. We're gonna. Oh, I thought you were gonna say that he like like made them all line up and then took like a <laughs> firing squad to them. I was literally over here cringing. Oh my god, cat! It, like I could see that processing in her brain. She was so ready for it to be something awful. I was, yeah. No, like this guy obviously was like very violent and like just but senseless. But like he just was also like crazy he was just like crazy like so his the punishment was literally just yeah and they're gonna say he murdered his entire army no and there was like that thing that romans used to do where they would kill like every 10th man um and he like threatened to do that but apparently his like military was like no we're not doing that and he was like okay (laughs) just pick up some (laughs) like i guess i shouldn't mess with the people who are actually carrying yeah it's like a term for it but it's like every now and then like it's like a culling of the army or something so every 10th man they would have executed for whatever reason and it wasn't it wasn't a thing that started with him um but um, instead he's i was just, like, just really ready for the worst and kate yeah and kate no. was just like no it's just seashells no cat. they're just like he's just like hey guys like pick up these seashells i like was literally writing these notes and i was like sitting there i was like could you imagine being bossed around by this like guy he's and like you're 19. all the way in freaking britain like <laughs> and you're like you're like, I gotta pick up these fucking seashells. Like, what are you talking about? No, I don't. Just let's go home. I'm just imagining some, like, early 20s guy throwing a temper tantrum, screaming no, like, and, like, literally. stabbing the sand while all his warriors walk on the beach behind him. Like, yeah. hey, Bob, how you doing? Yeah. You shell? You know? Uh-huh, like- uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, he continued building massive vanity projects. He did build book kind of before. He started building before he kind of lost his mind but post it he definitely spent a lot of money on like stupid stuff that doesn't matter one of which was a massive three mile road constructed from boats that went across the bay of naples just for fun just to prove that he could do it i guess um and this project was so expensive that it single-handedly sent rome into a famine um and to celebrate the completion of this bridge he apparently walked across it and like marched his armies across it for like several days just like back and forth bro <laughs> and he was like so happy that it was completed that he gave all of his soldiers like a bonus and like threw like all these feasts that just like sent the country bro. into like even deeper like famine and bankruptcy like this guy's off his rocker dude like like just pure like what um, he apparently banned everyone from talking about goats in his presence. Why? Um, because he thought he might they might have been making fun of his appearance because he was not that of attractive of a guy. Oh. So he was like, "You're calling me a goat. No one can talk about goats anymore." Self- I don't know. Image? Like self-conscious. I don't Lovely. know. I, 
Um, he reportedly loved his horse more than anything in the world. His horse was a name was called Incitatus. Incitatus. Um, and he was uh, supposedly rumored to love it even more than his wife and daughter. Some rumor, yeah. rumors even say that he elevate he wanted to make it a senator. But I do think that was just pure rumor. It was a horse um, girl, but like not. Yeah, he and loved I can say this that horse. I was a horse girl. <laughs> Yeah, you were. He loves his horse so much that he gave it its own house, complete with a marble stall, an ivory manger, and he also gave it a jewel-encrusted collar for his... That's a bit much. For his beloved horse. That's a bit much, guys. Incitatus. Apparently, he also built two pleasure barges and this is where emma doesn't let her mom get in the car because i'm talking about pleasure boats again Uh, um and these pleasure barges were basically cruise ships of the um freaking zero century zero first zerth of 37 to 41 centuries. And apparently they were actually uncovered in the 20s and 30s, but were said to have been lost mm. during World War II. And you can actually, like, see a picture of them. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you, like, look them up. And I, like, I was reading the article and it didn't even register to me that this was, like, an actual photo. Because um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, they have photography back then. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Oh, that seems right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I, like, read the little blurb under it. I was like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So, probably the most, like, egregious wrongdoing of him to the Roman people was that he elevated himself to be a god. Um, oh. And was, like, fully convinced and just was, like, a thing. Now... It was not uncommon for emperors to be celebrated for their genius in a similar way to worshiping a god. Um, so the Roman people would often worship the genius of an emperor, but not the emperor themselves. Um, and Roman leaders could be and had been elevated to deity status, but always after their death. And we see that with oh. Julius Caesar and Augustus, who were yeah. both raised to like immortal deity status post yeah death not posthumously i love yeah posthumously um not during their lives and that was like very key so this was blasphemy basically so he was said to have elevated himself to equal status to the gods and he would speak to them as if they were on equal terms very casual Mm -hmm. he'd speak of them as if they knew as if he knew them he would dress up like them and like hang out i I'm a little confused on how that works, but okay. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he also expressed desire to move the capital to Egypt, where the distinction between God and ruler was a little more blurred. Yeah. Um, so I that, see that is a weird power play. Yeah. So he's, he's like, no, I want people to address me as a God. Now, surprisingly, he didn't, I didn't see anything where he forced people to address him as a God. So I guess that would have been too far. Even he knew the limits of what he could do as an emperor. And I guess that was just too blasphemous for I mean, him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like super bad. People were like, that's not okay. Like, you can't be doing that. <laughs> um, everything else is just like, yeah. okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> but this one and all the killing and stuff, they were like, no, this is not cool. 
Uh, all in all, he was married a total of four times. His wives were women by the name of Junia Claud- Claudilla, Livia Oristilla, Lalia Paulina, and Milo Milania Sezonia. His last, his last wife, Milonia, was the only one to have a child with him, and their daughter was named Julia Drusilla. So, okay. uh, I was really worried. I'd like interested in the like ancestry and stuff because I realized that this sounds a lot like Nero. Yeah, um, I, was, like, I did see an article. They... Yeah, that's, that's so it was like right one now, of his. I was confused about that. Yeah, no. Um, I'll get to that a little bit, but okay. I didn't want to like jump it's it. But I didn't Nero... want you to think I'm ignoring you. I had to Google it because I'm like, there's just for... yeah. I just think there's a lot of like crazy Roman emperors. And... There are, and it looks like they're all from the Julie, like the Caesar. Yeah. Line. Um. And whether or not they're all related is questionable because there did seem to be this like habit of adopting yeah sons into like sons that are favorable in the country into like your family. So I don't know if they were all technically related, but they did yeah. have like a lineage. Well, and, like the way you said that he adopted his father's name and stuff, like that makes a point yeah. about how easy it was to like the identities to get i just yeah i didn't want you to think i was ignoring you because i was no like, you're good googling when nero was around because it sounded so similar that i wanted to make sure i'm not like confusing yeah people. no this is not nero nero is like a very yeah. i he was long emperor for longer so he's a bit okay. of a bigger problem um and i know this is kind of short but i mean the guy was only emperor for four years so <laughs> there's only yeah. so much crazy you can talk probably, about yeah i was gonna say it's probably better that he only lasted four years yeah oh absolutely uh, so the list honestly goes on. There is legend after legend, and I'm sure that I only looked at a handful of sources. I'm sure if you look at different sources than I do, they're going to tell you a bunch of other weird crap that he did. Um, the problem is that historians still don't agree on whether or not the majority of the stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw one source saying that, like, people – it would make sense – because there's this one historian who wrote a book who was like, no, this guy is not crazy. You're, everyone else just hated him a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. But if it's just one guy saying that, I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> not to say that it's not valid, but I'm still mm-hmm. just like, okay, that doesn't mean that you're correct, sir. But um, his argument was that, well, you know, people didn't like him and the Senate had him killed and wanted to defame his name after it. And he even says, goes so far as to say, they would not have been calling him Caligula. They would have been calling him Emperor um, Gaius, which is correct. They would have been. And that he only, that history only knows him as Caligula now in efforts to kind of defame him and make fun of him by using his like childhood nickname, Uh, which is fair. That's a fair take. Um, But I, my stance is that in every piece of fiction, there's just a little... There's a little bit of root. There's truth. a little bit of the truth. And if this guy has... The reputation of this guy being crazy has lasted this long, then he probably was at least a little bit crazy. Um, especially because we know kind of specifically, like, he had a definite change following his sickness. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, something had to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, it yeah, wasn't just... They didn't just pull it out of their I ass. I agree. So... After less than four years at the helm of the Roman Empire, the Senate decides that it was time to do something about their little Caligula problem. And they soon formed a conspiracy to assassinate him. And this is a quote about this incident from the an article called Caligula, the Embodiment of Cruelty, 
um, on Great Courses Daily, and I just copied and pasted it because they did a good job summarizing it and trying to like put it in my own words from this website would have just jumped I know, earlier it. when I was like reading yeah. my block quote I was like I usually don't read not primary you can read quote yeah. real easily but non-primary I was like should I do it and I was like I can't explain this yeah sometimes they I just don't. sometimes they just explain it better or sometimes you know if you try to change it it's just gonna it's be just confusing, gonna confusing. Yep. so you just take it from their source <laughs> so it says quote among its leaders so among the leaders of the senate there were several officers by the officers of the Praetorian Guard. One of these was a tribune named Cassius Caeria, who, com- whom Caligula had taken particular delight in humiliating. On January 24th, 41 AD, Caligula went to the theater to take part in the festivi- festivities associated with the Palestine or the the Palatin Games. He sacrificed Palatin Games. Paladin games. <laughs> It's a, it's an E on the end. Oh. Yeah, that's... Paladine? Palatine. Palatine. Pal- Palatine Games. Again, we're so I, sorry about I know. pronunciations, it's, guys. It's Greek. Or it's not Greek. It's... It's not Greek. It's Rome. No, it's... Latin? Greek? Latin. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, they don't call it Romish. <laughs> Honestly, it's a miracle I made it this far into I- the story. <laughs> Not having an error like that. It's one of those. Like, they don't already, call it wrong. You already made a disclaimer that you were having a rough day. That allows at least three strikes before we start laughing. <laughs> but that first strike was the homies. You can't tell me that it wasn't funny. Leave <laughs> <laughs> me alone. Now they all know that I snort when I laugh. Only leave sometimes. Me, leave me to hide under this blanket. <laughs> Anyway, it's Latin, which is usually, like, the pronunciation is pretty spot on. But, like, sometimes those consonants don't work for my English mouth. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Caligula went to the theater to take part in festivities associated with the Palatine Games. He sacrificed a flamingo, watched some performances, and then, around 1 o'clock, headed back to the palace for lunch. Caria and some other officers intercepted Caligula and fell upon him with their swords, stabbing him 30 times. That's why you don't and piss off dies. that one dude in the office. I was going to say, this sounds a lot like he went to the theater. I was like, oh no, we got another <laughs> Abraham Lincoln on our hands. We know how this goes. We heard this story before. <laughs> 30 times, but yeah, though, so that's intense. Yeah, I mean, it was a group of them, so I guess it wasn't, like, I bet each 30. of them were like, hey, I need a turn, individually. <laughs> yeah, this guy like, sucks. Can we like, all stab we him? We all get a turn. We all get one stab for every slight that he Yeah, the Senate was, like, super into those group stabbings. Uh, yeah. One day we'll cover Julius Caesar. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either. <laughs> this guy's a lot more interesting to me than Julius Caesar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's short and sweet. And Caligula passed away. And so... <laughs> that made it sound so peaceful. <laughs> so, away. following his death, the Senate kind of made moves to kind of erase him from the country. And they even apparently, like, tried to change the line of succession and tried to kill his whole family, which they got most of, except for, like, a nephew or something. It was either an uncle or a nephew that was hiding in the curtains, and they couldn't find him. And so, since he was the only one oh my left, God, he's, like... straight-up Hamlet. It's inverted Hamlet. <laughs> right? Um, so, he is the one that gets the throne after, and 
And yeah, I don't think he was he did much of anything, but that is the story of It's Caligula. good to have an unproblematic one after you have a problematic one. So if you're going to go down the right? line of succession, just be Yeah, bad. it doesn't have to be good. Just yeah. doesn't have to be he bad. He just has to not like kill people for fun or flamingos. What what was he doing killing a flamingo he, for he a was, sacrifice? I don't I don't know. I mean, I mean it's on, the man. Roman gods who Well, the Roman gods weren't as weird as the Greek gods, so I don't even know. I don't know. I I just feel bad for that flamingo. Yeah, that sucks. Also, I've never considered flamingos being a part of the Roman Empire, but, like, I guess... I, I don't even... Where are flamingos from? I'm just... I don't know. Exactly! Where are flamingos from? Hold on. <laughs> We're in deep now, guys. We, we gotta uh, look it we up. We have to know. This is a history podcast, but... Um, we have to offer you the best facts we will. We give you some nice nature facts all flamingos are found in tropical and subtropical areas that didn't that didn't answer anything (laughs) populations of chilean flamingos are found in central peru what peru both coasts of southern america argentina uruguay paraguay peru bolivia and southern brazil okay that was not part of the roman empire Okay, that's literally the first source is from SeaWorld.org. I don't trust you, SeaWorld. Yeah. Why is the first source Let's just SeaWorld? It's not 2006. Caligula got, Caligula got hold of a flamingo. Okay, that's just literally a whole article about where flamingos from. I did not know it was that complicated. That's probably why we don't know. Uh, that's probably why we don't understand. We don't know. Okay, well, that's some reading material for you after the end of the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... That, I know that was, like, all over the place, but like I said, no, it no, sounds no. like... I followed that very well. Yeah, okay, good. It sounds like he was all over the place. And again, it was only four years, and there was no timeline that I saw literally anywhere. I couldn't even find when he was, like, married to these women. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Everyone's like, eh, that pales in comparison to his assassination. Yeah, they're like, this is not important. <laughs> I don't care when he got married. He yeah. sacrificed a flamingo. So that's it from us, guys. Woo! Good job. Good job to you too, Kat. I liked that. I'm yeah. Now I'm interested in, like, Nero and the, like similarities and differences between that there was another one too that i saw in one of the articles it was like this was basically a precursor to another crazy roman empire emperor which is interesting it feels like it's a cursed thing right also i really hate writing the word emperor because every single time i switch the o and the e every single time oh emperor yeah 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 emperor i hate it so much yeah i can see i always have to it's okay um anyway i know what you meant well, thanks for sticking around. Yeah. Hopefully this has been a coherent episode. I don't know. I feel like it was coherent even though we, well, I was in a state. Yeah. And just in a silly, goofy mood. Yeah. I'm, if you liked it, even if we were a little scattered, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's one of the best ways to help us out. Yeah. Please, please, please. That really, really helps us out. It's honestly the, the best way to get us kind of bumped up in algorithms and stuff is rating us on whatever podcast platform you use but especially apple podcasts mm-hmm. and um, if you want p- to see our pictures and our updates for the next week and everything you can follow us on twitter at t-i-n-a-h-l podcast that yeah. was really I it's our initials fast, yeah so. t-i-n-a-h-l podcast there we go and if you have some really revolutionary thoughts about why flamingos um, are in rome if you go and read this Nat Geo article about the surprising origin of the flamingo, which I can't look at because I am not a subscriber, um, let us know yeah. over on our email at this is not a email or this is not a history lecture. This is not an email. This, this is, is not a history lecture at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. I got the Twitter. You got the email. 
that's there we go. teamwork that's teamwork um every podcast every review, review that you leave on apple Podcasts is saves a flamingo from save the flamingo caligula's wrath <laughs> yeah <laughs> save the flamingos and before my mother chastises me i would like to end on a fun fact that i googled okay um earlier so did you know that in the 1830s ketchup was sold as medicine i didn't but i do know that hj Hines invented it partially to cover the taste of rotting meat as he once had rotted meat at his sister-in-law's house Mm-hmm. So, in 18, this article says in 1834, it was sold as a cure for indigestion by an Ohio physician named John Cook. It wasn't popular as a, as a condiment until the late 19th century. I did know that. Yeah. That took a while for it to take off. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's two fun facts about ketchup. Bet yeah. you didn't think you were going to hear that today. And I will... I love this show, but um, the food that built America, the food that made America, it's that same people oh, that the do Netflix. the men who build America and everything, uh-huh. but they do a fantastic... Uh, multi-part uh, episode on ketchup, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, nice. Kellogg, uh, McDonald's, KFC. Like, it's so cool. And, like, Clarence Birdseye and the invention of, like, frozen food. So, like, go watch that. Learn about H.J. Hines if you need something to go watch. Yeah. And if you do, email us. Be like, hey, I saw this and I think it'd be a cool episode. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll stop talking now. Yeah. Have a good one and we will talk to you again next Tuesday. And just a reminder that this has not been a history lecture. lecture. Bye, guys.